Hi guys, I don't normally get as deep on these podcasts as I did on this episode with Diane Hunter, my dear friend Diane Hunter. Um, But this was really energetically, this was a really powerful episode to record. Uh, I actually, you'll hear at the end of the recording, I actually had to go and lie down um, just because of the the sheer energy that was coming um, off of the experience I had recording this. So I'm going to ask you to take a moment to close your eyes, take some nice deep breaths with your back straight um, and really get into your heart and really, really try to reach out with your feelings and connect with the energy of this episode because um, there's something beautiful to to connect with on this. Um, Of course, don't do so if you're driving or operating any heavy machinery. Um, In fact, I I would really listen to this podcast when you've got the time to, to really connect with it and give it some time and space. Um, I don't normally do that. I normally say, you know, listen along, doing whatever you're doing. But definitely this episode, give it some time um, and give it give it the opportunity to really bring something beautiful into your life. Um. Hey! It's finally here. Welcome to Do It With Dan. Entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hey, Dan. You know what? We can end the call now. I'm happy. Just that, that greeting. <laughs> such love and joy. I'm good. I'm, 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 my cup runneth over. How are you, my love? I'm so happy to be on the phone with you right now. Amazing. Amazing. And are you? What time is it there now? Uh, a little after 10. A little after 10. Yeah, but the weather is lovely and delightful. Mm-hmm. So, how's this work? How does this work? Many people that I've got on to do these interviews has been that there's a specific thing that I know that they do. Um, we've had people, EFT practitioners. We've had people that run workshops. I've had uh, clinical therapists on, I've had a motivation specialist, I've had a productivity specialist. And there's some people in my life that whenever I speak to them, whenever I'm around, they're just so loving and full of so much joy that I just wanted to give a platform just for a moment for the listeners to just tap into that energy and just connect with it. Um, As we know, these, these, these podcasts get released on a Sunday. So I wanted to just let people kickstart their week with something beautiful and and warm and just have a chat with you because I, I just think that there's something lovely that can come off the back of that. Mm, yum. <laughs> I love that. So, so why don't you introduce yourself, Diane? Oh, I haven't introduced everyone. This is <laughs> this is my beautiful friend Diane. And just tell us just tell us about you. Mm, well I'm a soul living in a human body, having this really fascinating experience that has all kinds of interesting dynamics every day. I, even today has been uh, only a few hours and uh, so many opportunities to practice um, staying in the heart. And uh, I live in California with, yes. um, I have two boys, two sons. 
and even just saying I have, <laughs> I don't, they are in my life daily. They're these two amazing beings. One is 16. His name is Ian. And the other is almost 14 Lane. And uh, I would say they are my two greatest teachers and uh, continue to call me home. My 16 year old uh, is non-speaking in the way that you and I are doing with our words. Yeah. And he has been um, the greatest teacher for inviting me to listen beyond words, to listen to all the information that is broadcasting all the time. Mm. And uh, uh, I consider him my, he's now giant. <laughs> I used to say my little guru, but I can't really say that anymore. He's, he's, almost, he's, so six, he's almost six foot now. And, wow, uh, a gentle, gentle being who has the biggest heart. I he got me into the work with horses, and um, it's like stepping into the radius of a giant mm. heart when you're in his presence. Every single human that comes into his realm, into his field, softens and opens. And uh, I've had many, many people who come and support us in our family who have changed the direction of their lives after being in a relationship with Ian. So he has a profound effect on people. Um, I hope you get to meet him this summer. I will. I will be getting to meet him um, and the horses as well, because I'm always jealous when you send pictures and videos <laughs> with the horses. I'm, I'm, I'm very determined to come into, I've actually, um, I've actually never ridden a horse before. Ah, well, um, I had a done... horse for the first time not too long ago, like touched him. And that was really lovely. Um, so I definitely, I definitely am intrigued. The whole thing horses is always intriguing. I've always wanted, I've always had it sort of in my, in my mind that I, I'd love to have like a place that had horses. Like if I, you know, ever had a daughter or even a son, children, let them sort of get the experience of, of, of looking after a horse and, and riding horses and, Everyone that I know that has relationships with horses has always said what a beautiful experience it is. They're such graceful animals, such hardworking, graceful mm. animals. That's I love that I love description. That. And it, it's very much the way I experience Ian um, and being really hardworking. To, it can be challenging to be in this physical form. And he's, he mm -hmm. has such patience with it. And I see the horses the same way. They, they are in such service of inviting us to see who we really are. And sometimes that's a lot of work <laughs> to be a reflection mm -hmm. for, for what patterns and, and programs and conscious programs that we're running. It can be a lot of information to sift through to then really see who we really are, which is just these big giant walking hearts. Um, we just layer on top of that lots of stories and and contextual information that that blocks that view. Um, so the horses are very similar. Ian's the reason why I got into the work with the horses, and um, it actually showed up in a dream many years ago that he and I were riding bareback on a beach. And it was before I ever had horses in my physical realm of awareness. Mm -hmm. So they were showing up first in dream time. And mm -hmm. then when I uh, was attending a workshop, gosh, Ian was seven. So he's 16 now. I was attending a workshop where a woman was talking about, she was, um, had launched a book. Uh, what was it? Finding your, no, uh, Steering by Starlight, Martha Beck. 
Okay. And she was talking about uh, the work that she has been doing and it was with horses and my whole body responded in a way that was uh, unfamiliar. I got this whole buzzing sensation. And so after the event, I ended up talking to her and that led me down a path of exploring her work and uh, introduced me to the horse work. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a really interesting journey to see how the horses are these powerful, magnificent beings with giant hearts. There's actually been a study done by the Heart Math Institute of their radius of their heart energy. And it's, it's been measured as three times the heart radius of the human heart. So we step into their field and they actually invite us to synchronize. They invite us to entrain with that state of being. Um, and because they're prey animals, their nervous systems respond very quickly. They're what, sorry? They're prey. They're what animals? Prey animals. So their nervous systems have evolved to be super sensitive to the information in the field. So anything that is uh, out of coherence with love, that is um, is uh, fear-based, they will respond to that and mirror that. They're attuned to it because it's, it's evolutionary psychology is basically tuned that only the ones that had that ability to do that were the ones that would survive being hunted from that yes. perspective yes i've got you yes I've got you. I've so got you. as a herd for them to stay safe their nervous systems developed into this just very fine-tuned system of receiving information and then transmitting as well so if if one of the horses will uh perceives any kind of threat say mm-hmm. a, a predator's come into the into the area that information ripples through the herd so quickly like a wave and then they all move together because they're so in tune with each other because their hearts are in tune yes and then once they realize if it if it isn't truly a predator their nervous systems very quickly return to that relaxed state that resting state and they start grazing again so the reason why working with the horses is so powerful is we as a human will step into their field and they will mirror what's showing up for us, what we're broadcasting on this nonverbal level. You did actually say to me about before, about um, biofeedback yeah. through horses. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually remembered because I, I, I wanted, I, I, I had it in my, in my mind's eye that I wanted to have a chat with you. And I actually wanted to experience learning more about this. But a couple of times you've said a couple of things like, no, I want, I want Diane on the show. And I wanted to experience, share the experience of learning more about this with the listeners as well. And you've actually just reminded me that I, I actually hadn't made a note of it. So it's actually interesting that you've gone down that vein because I'd really like to understand it because like I said, I did recently meet a horse and there was something really calm. It just came up and it, it popped its head and it kind of rubbed its, its face next to me. And then it just kind of, you know, just bounced a little bit and then it walked away. And it was a, I can't explain it. Obviously, with the level of meditation um, practice, there's a certain level of, of, of a standing attuneness that I would say that I have at the moment. Um, so I, maybe if I, if I wasn't so open, I might not have noticed that moment the way that I did. But it really, really hit me because well, other people there, they didn't really have the same automatic experience with the horse. Mm. But for me, I was kind of like, wow, like... Hello, Mr. Horsey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I see. 
was there a question there or um yeah i was going to say can you tell us a bit more i, I want to understand a bit more about the biofeedback the application of it yeah um and different ways it can help empower and, and, and bring a bit more joy into our lives. I love just that description because you're living it every moment. Here, here's the way I experience it is stepping into the field or into the round pen or any space with a horse is about increasing mm -hmm. our awareness of how we are listening and tuning in to the information that's available and being broadcasted. So when you were in that moment, and the horse was providing that feedback for what you were thinking and feeling. You were broadcasting that electromagnetic signature and the horse was responding to that. You were in that state of connectedness and the horse came right to you, was giving you little horse kisses is what I'm imagining. Mm -hmm. And seeing like little yeah. horse nudges, nudges and then walking away. Like there was no need in that moment. You didn't need anything from the horse. You weren't asking anything. Nope. You were just meeting you're, and that was the mirror. You were meeting yourself in a state of presence. And that feeling state of presence is radiating out. And so um, it's such a, uh, you're doing it all the time, Dan, when we met in person. Mm -hmm. We're doing yeah. it on the phone right now. We do it every time we're on the call on Wednesdays. We have this regular call we're on. And yeah. so it, it's non-local. It doesn't need to be uh, in physical presence, but to practice it, to first develop the awareness of this listening and uh, tuning into the information, having a physical representation of it in the form of a horse is super impactful and powerful. So you're remembering that moment and my sense is you're remembering what that feeling state is. Yes, but that, but that's one of the most beautiful things. And that's one of the things that, um, people that I consider to be I don't want to use the word mentors or examples um because it, it I, I believe in some scopes it, it it gives away power but definitely inspirations I would say is is, is a word that I feel more mm. resonates more with me in terms of describing your energy I, I'm not going to overcomplicate it or overthink it anymore I'm just going to let it ride off and definitely being more attuned with how things feel because i mean having asperger's myself i i am obviously i'm more I'm, I'm very much wired up to be more in my head everything's ones and zeros very um very linear it's black or white that's my, my natural way to go that my brain goes is that so the journey definitely into being more attuned with the other side of my brain um to being attuned with feelings um, to those non, those intan, those physically intangible qualities of things, has definitely been a, a really powerful journey for me. And moments like the one I shared with Mr. Horsey, definitely a great milestones for me in terms of my growth in that direction, because you know two years ago, I, I wouldn't, have, I, I definitely would have been like, okay, there's a horse. So it would have just been, there is a horse here, the horse is next to me. Um, I'm not in danger, the horse seems pleasant enough, the horse is walking away now. Whereas now it's, there's an energy and a resonance coming my way. I'm feeling it in my heart center. Um, I'm connecting with it. And I, I think back on it fondly. And as I do connect back to it fondly, I have 
a reverberation of that same beautiful feeling in my heart center. Mm, yes. Oh my goodness. You just, you just shared so much and I'm getting kind of excited here because you brought in the term Asperger's. Say it how you pronounce it. Asperger's. Asperger's. I call it Asperger's. Yeah. So Asperger's. Different yeah. ways, different ways. My sister calls it Asperger's, which is mocking me, but uh, it's it's like potatoes and potatoes, right? Like niche and niche. Right. Exactly. Tomato, tomato. <laughs> um, and yeah. I love that you brought that into this conversation. Um, my son has also been diagnosed with autism. So he's non-speaking mm-hmm. autism. Yeah. And there is so much context, so much story in the morphogenic field that carries a certain vibration when you say the word Asperger's or autism. And mm-hmm. so what I've been playing with, I kept asking the question, what else could this be? What else is here? What other mm-hmm. information is available other than that context that I'm tuning into? And mm-hmm. as I tune into the different dimensions, oh my gosh, what I sense isn't that anyone who has ever been labeled autistic or with Asperger's, incredibly sensitive. The nervous system is so attuned. And often what I have experienced is that the living in the head is actually to, as a way to take care of the body for a while when, and I'll speak for myself, I, I have a highly attuned nervous system that's incredibly sensitive. If I stand next to a, mm-hmm. another human being, my body can start to vibrate and sense what that vibration mm-hmm. is. And then I can move to another body and it vibrates differently. So mm-hmm. there's this um, merging that I have done throughout my life that I'm really practicing and staying in my own skin. And mm-hmm. until I really was aware of that and, and was able to discern and find the edges uh, mm-hmm. it was, it was often overwhelming. So I would move to my head to tr- for safety. Mm-hmm. And so as I've learned to embody this and really trust that I'm always safe, that I, I, and I've learned from the horses, they know how to take care of themselves. They have incredibly attuned nervous systems and they are masters at self-care. So mm-hmm. as I started to embody that and be so like, I could be in a field where there's a lot of chaos and now I can mm-hmm. really hold that state of, of equanimity or, or peace. It doesn't mean that I don't get rattled. Oh my gosh, I get rattled. I yeah, was rattled this morning. Yeah. And then. But it's how you deal with it, right? It's how you deal with those experiences, whether you sit in them or whether you, you let them pass with you as the observer, right? Yes. So the work with the horses is about practicing that tuning into the information and then coming back to the heart. And you're doing it all the time, Dan. <clears throat> when I met you, standing next to you was such a high vibration. And being in your field, there's such a, a presence. And so my invitation to you um, is to explore the idea that that nervous system of yours is so attuned to the information and you're feeling it all the time and you get to decide how deep you go into it. You know, how do you dip your toe? Do you just say, Oh, I see that. And then, and then come back. It's, it's, um, it's a place of curiosity and exploration. Um, and with that underlying premise that you're always safe, that we're always safe and we're always supported. Wouldn't you say that it's, um, 
almost like learning a skill. So for example, with me, my, my diagnosis came when I was 27. Mm-hmm. So I actually spent the first 27 years of my life with really severe social anxiety, very mm. severe general anxiety. Um, socially, I, I, did, I had struggled with like interpersonal relationships with people. Um, I, I had an interesting journey. But then for me, it was a blessing, actually, to have my diagnosis because it gave me a framework. Yes. Um, I was quite fortunate in, 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 in how my journey to, to finding out about the Asperger's came. And for me, I actually then was able to identify that all of the things that, that I, the, a lot of the skills base that I've got as a, as a human being, um, skills I carry into to different areas of my life, actually come back to my traits. So like my, my ability to, to learn things i actually realized why is it that i'm good at some things and not uh, not others i realized that anything that's systemized i can just absorb it and just give me something systemized and i'll just learn it um and so i actually i've actually i celebrate and i'm i'm really really proud uh, of my gift i don't see it as a as as um as a problem because actually finding out about it just opened up space to have a lot more joy in my life um uh, to to take uh, to have bigger adventures and to go uh, to go into these things, understanding how I can bring my best to it and get the most from it. Um, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have been able to have the experience that I have had into the world of spiritual practice without having that diagnosis, because I'd actually been introduced to meditation and different breathing exercises. Best part of twenty years ago. And at the time, I just didn't, it, I didn't connect with it at all. Um, but now, uh, coming in a time in my life where I'm better able to process information, I have a much more loving relationship with myself as well, mm-hmm. because I'm not always beating myself up for being, you know, the awkward person in a social setting or why being some situations. And I, have, I used to have horrible heart palpitations. I would have like really, really bad panic attacks. Um, insomnia at least three or four times a year, sometimes for as, as long as a week or two. Um, wow. So I've, I've actually found it to be a real great blessing. And what you're saying now um, in relation to connecting the physical manifestation of what we, do, we, we class as, you know, autism or Asperger's and actually connecting that to what it might represent on a metaphysical level in terms of how that that different uh, allocation should i say of of strength in the physical realm actually reflects to what it means metaphysically i.e yes you may not be able to uh, relate to people so classically three-dimensionally but then from an energetic perspective you're tuned up Yes. <laughs> Someone plays American football or soccer or baseball. Some people bat and some people pitch, right? Yep. Um, but together, we have a beautiful, a beautiful game. Um, yeah. And that's really inspiring for me. That's given me something definitely to go away and think about and to, to just um, to, to be aware of, should I say, as I go through life and, and, and experience things. Absolutely. Oh, I love this description. And, and it's the way I experience you. And the only um, way to, to be present with Ian is to meet him at that state of love. If I'm in any Mm -hmm. state of confusion or fear or stress, 
he's not available. It, it's, it, I mm-hmm. need to meet him at his vibration because he's, mm-hmm. he doesn't compromise. He is a walking heart. And the same with the horses. They don't compromise. This, that's how I experienced you. And, and you are all heart. And uh, it's, it's, it kind of makes me giggle that you're like, I'm living in my head and you're a walking heart. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, um, this is precisely what the horses provide is that reflection of when we are present and connected in our wholeness and embracing our wholeness. And uh, it doesn't surprise me that it was challenging for you socially. Me too. And it's because we humans, we can say one thing, but we're, we're expressing something else non-verbally. So that's very confusing. Mm-hmm. And there's an incongruence with that. And when I feel that in my body, it's like, Ooh, there's an incongruence in the field. What's that? So it, it's, um, it's such an invitation when I'm in your presence to be in that congruent state to connect with you. And, and it reminds me of when the, Joe talks about the beings who will only come down so far in the energetic uh, level to meet matter. We need to rise up. And when I say we, I mean, the, any, any part that's incoherent, um, that's in a state of confusion. Um, so that's how I experience anyone with autism or Asperger's. There's such a pureness and a, and a clarity uh, in the frequency um, to invite staying in the heart, to invite being in the state of wholeness, heart and mind working together as one. Yeah, well, that's um, coherence, right? Heart, heart coherence. It's, yeah. it's those three things being in there together. Yeah. So it's an, it's, I'm so grateful to have uh, Ian in my family and, and uh, it, there's also challenges. So being of in course. the physical form. But that's life, right? Yeah. And so uh, it's this paradox of, what is it like to be in this 3D experience, to be in human form? I, the way I believe it is that I've chosen to be here. I've chosen to be in this, in this realm. And so to experience it completely. And, and uh, I listened to the podcast that you did with Lubna, which was amazing. And uh, <laughs> I was grateful for the, the part of the conversation about bypassing. Um, and I realized that there was a part of my life when I was really caught up in the story of pain and in order to feel better, I was doing bypassing. So I thought that would be the, the way to feel better. And all it was, was it was a, it was a break, a pause to just rest for a little bit till I had enough resilience and enough, uh, trust that all was supporting me and then I could go diving deeper into the pain and then I could see the grace I could I could feel the grace in the experience so um I see life as a paradox often um and but life is a paradox in some in in one definition of it at least because well, we would experience life as a paradox when we forget or lose sight of the the unified nature of reality as a yes. whole. Right? Yes. Um, because when you actually look at it, even when we look at the the biofeedback, really what happens is in that moment, for, for, for a moment, we forget this lie that we've told ourselves about being separate. Yes. Science, is, I mean, so science tells us is now finally catching up with or well, modern science is catching up with what ancient sciences have been teaching for tens of thousands of years, 
which is that all this stuff that we call spirituality is a science it is quantifiable it is real it's tangible it's not you know huffy puffy stuff this is this is real this is real stuff and quantum physics is now talking about the fact that what we call an atom actually is 99% empty space when actually the empty space is an empty space it's actually energy and actually even that 0.11 whatever percent of it is that we call physical matter actually is just that energy um manifesting itself because we've observed it into reality yes. so actually everything is this thing that we call energy just manifesting at different vibrations and we actually only experience it because we witness it yes there's the science yes so when we're having a moment when we are connecting with each other on whichever level i mean we, we just we did a, a really powerful recording earlier today um with someone we talked about um finding god and how we all experience this one thing that some of us call god in a different way and a bridge to it in a different way but mm -hmm. at the end of the day we're just finding a bridge back to ourselves yeah reason being there is no separation between us and that because everything is the same thing vibrating this isn't hocus pocus this isn't hokum this isn't airy fairy this isn't bible bashing or quran stomp it's not it's reality whether you like it or not it doesn't change the facts of it we are all the same essential core substance operating at different frequencies and being observed in different um, apparent forms and in that moment when we get a connection to something and that connection in its purest form is love because love is the closest thing that we can uh, as humans describe for that pure substance that we all manifest as we we reconnect to that source that 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 core substance and we just become silently what we were in the first place hmm. yes yes i love it it's just the constant practice of we forget then we remember then we forget then we remember exactly. and it's uh, it it becomes playful there it, the more practice in the remembering the more trust is when there's a fall oh there i go again being human aren't we adorable yep. in our humanists <laughs> Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. pronouns but that's when you're the watcher. funny it's like we they what it i who what <laughs> but that's that but that's when you become the watcher right um yes. you know spiritual teachers forever have been talking about it people that then like to argue and and denounce spiritual teachers because they come from a religious background forget that even those leaders that we find described in our religious texts really were spiritual spiritual wise people of their own time because they were all ahead of their time every single one of them at some point was considered to be ahead of their time it's actually only in, re in retrospect that we actually respect them for the truth that they told us at that time but all of them all say the same thing they all come back to look the rules themselves are very very few there's we as humans over overcook things we overcomplicate them, but the rules <laughs> are very few right yeah it's like I remember um, one, there was a, a meme I saw about a comedian, Ricky Gervais, and he said, all of the, I think it was Ricky Gervais, it doesn't matter, the substance is what's important, is that he said, all of these religious books really come down to one thing, don't be a bleep. <laughs> right. <laughs> be right? kind, basically be kind. <laughs> yeah, like, and, uh, when you can go to, um, you know, go to, to the Bible, which is the one I, although I've studied most major religions and gone through their scripture texts obviously raised christian i have 
the most in-depth sort of inside and out understanding of that text. So I often go to that as a point of reference for the religious perspective, although I know it's not the only one. And it said, uh, Jesus, who again was persecuted, killed for what he taught at the time, said, there's two, there's two rules, mate. Number one, you know, love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and all thy soul and all thy might, aka look to that which is the, the greater part of you, the divine part of you. And the other is love thy neighbour as thyself. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely it. And that which is greater than us, for me, I would love to, there was a time I actually thought about studying theology and just to understand the ancient Greek, um, to understand the Aramaic, uh, to understand the Arabic, to understand the Sanskrit, so that you can get into the get into the source of these things without the interpretations of it that are given to us by those that have translated it, right? Because when you look at that breakdown, actually the Ten Commandments, which in itself is actually a reduced version of the 42 confessions from ancient Egypt, which in turn was probably a, dis- a dissemination of, of something else, right? It, it, you can actually split the Ten Commandments into those two things. First up, you know, respecting, respect for the, for, for the, the higher, higher powers. And the second one is just being a decent human by respecting those around you. And when yes. you ground yourself in the middle of that dance, you realise that there's a, there's a part, looking to that which is greater than you or the higher vibration within you, which I think is the most accurate way to describe it, and honouring that, which manifests itself in different ways, like living your purpose is honouring that, right? Yes, yes. Um, um, using your talents honours that. Um, and then you can come to, yeah, but just being a decent, wanting for others exactly what you'd want for yourself mm. there's a pro um for many years uh, i i i'd say i would say dear god please give to me a thousand times that which i ask of, of others and give to others a thousand times that which they ask of me as a way of staying grounded with the thoughts that i would have about other people so when you made that your prayer you can you can't then have ill will for other people because you're inviting ill will into your own life Mm -hmm. you can't have um jealousy you can't have um all of these um i don't like to call them lower vibration in terms of classy but in terms of literal scientific vibration these lower vibration low vibration frequencies that somebody sometimes invite into our lives when you realize that you're connected to it anyway it all ends up coming back as a boomerang or uh, as a loop as a I don't know how many other ways to say the same thing. You, I end up getting a bit, realising that it doesn't really make much sense not just being a decent human being. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just hurts not to, right? <laughs> yeah, you're killing yourself. You're yeah. killing yourself. Well, I used the word pain earlier, and there's an acronym for pain, and, and I, it's pay attention inside now. And it's like, just wait, come wait, back like home, that. sweetheart. Wait, wait, wait. I can write it down. Oh, my pen doesn't work. Say that because I, I, I want to I tweet this and put it on Facebook. Pay attention, attention inside, inside now. now. Ooh. Yeah. Anytime I'm in that state of polarity or separation and I'm projecting it out onto the field and I'm getting it reflected back and it, and it says, ouch, it's like, oh, 
that's time to go inward, honey. That's your stuff. (laughs) Go inside, take responsibility. And that's been the greatest gift is, is then I'm no longer a victim. I am so empowered and the self agency is present. And then Mm -hmm. the courage, every time I return, it's like, Oh, Oh, this is how it works. (laughs) Yeah. And then the lightness returns and, you know, it's not about bypassing that. It's about really owning it. And, um, I had this one meditation where, uh, there was a vision of uh, this beautiful nature scene and a giant mountain, like granite and beautiful trees and climbed to the top of the mountain with a 360 degree view and the eagles were flying and it was beautiful. And then there was an invitation to go back down the the mountain and it was like going back into the depths of separation and then supporting the other aspects of self that we're still struggling and Mm -hmm. that's what i when someone asks me what do i do i just keep meeting myself and loving myself in whatever form shows up and if i can just keep doing that that is always enough and when i separate from that I, that calls me back home. It's like, how can I love myself more? And it's by loving each other, by loving you, by loving my children, loving the dog, loving the trees, loving the water, loving everything that is supporting this harmonic experience that we're having together. It's mm. a symphony. And when we're all these fine-tuned instruments playing together, oh my goodness, the symphony is beautiful. The tone, the, we each have a tone and we contribute our, our specific, unique, beautiful tone. And I want to hear your tone and I want to hear, I want to hear the tone. I want to show up to listen. So that's my intent. I love, I love that. But and the most wonderful thing, again, just looping it back in is that when you do all of this in the context of remembering that the separation between form in three dimension is actually a form of illusion anyway, Mm. Obviously, it's not an illusion in the sense that we, we, what we're seeing is there happening, but it's only happening on one literal scientific frequency. Mm-hmm. But it's the same thing vibrating. So when we're seeing our child, mm. when we're seeing our parents, when we're seeing our siblings, when we're seeing our lover, we are literally seeing ourselves because they are seeing us themselves. We're all looking at, we're all looking at the same thing. <laughs> In lots of different forms. <laughs> exactly. And, and, and that that variety is another beautiful thing, right? Um, yes. That variety and that flavor is another beautiful thing. It's always thing. interesting. Just, yeah. It's a, it's, this actually loops in a little bit with, um, with what I talk about in the Beyond Intention paradigm, where we talk about acceptance. And I talk about complete acceptance. And one of the most, and in fact, I'm going to make a note about this as well, um, maybe do a little rant on it um, next week or even a blog post is that acceptance becomes a lot easier when you remember that you're only ever accepting yourself yeah. no matter oh, what the situation yes. no matter who the person because step one is acceptance in the paradigm and it, it basically embodies utter acceptance of who you are as you are right now complete and utter acceptance of your life as it is right now mm-hmm. and complete acceptance of responsibility for the creation of your life as it is right now. However, caveated with the fact that that acceptance also empowers you to make a change from this moment forward, should you so choose to. Yeah. Because you have the power to do so. Yeah. Um, By tuning into a different potential. That's it. Exactly. And it's, it's, 
Ah, yes. Thank you for bringing that in. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and I think that just, I, I, and when you look at um, love, I put love into the mix of that. Uh, and when you bring in the, 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 the reality that we're all the same thing, you're never actually accepting anything other than what is because nothing else can be. And, and it's all happening in, in, in the moment as well. So you're not accepting it to, to take on something emotionally to, to bog you down. You're taking something on with the power to observe it as it is and step past it in the direction that you want to go. Because you could step past something in a direction that's not agreeable with what you what you really want to intend or you can step past something observing it as it goes and step past it in the direction you want to go okay i see that's what happened at this junction i now i'm going to turn left because the the potential that i desire to call into my physical experience into my reality is is on the left hmm. but i accept that to now i've walked up this road and come from the right but now i'm going left yes but that power can only be yours yes if you accept it yes and otherwise it... you can't be half pregnant right <laughs> right Ooh, can i share a story with you sure share with me I love so i love this conversation about where you're focusing your attention and and the intent and the and the asking for um so i've been information has been showing up and in the form of uh i mean ian is just this incredible teacher and a friend showed up uh, and said to me, broadcasting math equations. I said, really? What? Say more. She said, yeah. It's not just like linear one in a row. It's like just this wave of math equations and they're directed right at you. Like, oh, that's interesting. And as you shared, Dan, this, this is just all showing up for me, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just getting curious about this. Like, what what is it about math equations? So that night, before going to bed, I dropped into the field and with the intent, okay, show me, I show me what the math equations are. I want to, I'm listening. I want to hear what is it that you're, that's being shown here. And so I dropped in and I didn't literally see math equations. What I saw was patterns and patterns started just showing up. And then the patterns would start to shift into images. And then mm -hmm. the images were like movie scenes and I would witness them and they would have a certain frequency to them, a certain vibration to them. And all I did was I would overlay love. And when I say overlay, just I would just bring the the love frequency into that movie scene mm -hmm. and it would transmute the scene. And so I'm I came and I, I it first of all, it just blew me away. Okay, so Ian mm. Ian and I are playing together as this team. He's bringing in this information. He's broadcasting this information. I'm listening and I'm tuning and it's not separate from me. So this is just, you know, as you're saying, none of it's separate and it's coming in the form of this being that I call Ian and it's coming in the form of these images. And um, I've had these experiences several times in meditations where that's how it's coming through in these images that then transmute just with the imprint of love, which is that frequency that can transmute matter so fast. So uh, it's a place that I've been playing lately and um, opening up to more of that in 
uh, every walking moment, seeing the pattern, feeling the pattern, and showing up as that presence of love and compassion and watching it just soften like water, watching it just shift and, and in the moment, it's, wow. This is, but, and, and it is moment to moment because this reality that we are experiencing and we get to enjoy, when we stay present, we get to observe it fully empowered and we get to take in the joy of every potential, every new potential joy that comes with the birth of every new moment as we go moment to moment. So when you're doing this and you're enjoying it from a state of presence, you're actually uh, opening yourself up to allow, uh, opening yourself up to an infinite possibility of joyful experiences moment to yeah. moment. Yeah. And it can be any, any uh, imprint. So what I have noticed is whatever I'm feeling or expressing that shifts and molds the external experience. I mean, this, the science behind it that, that proves it now is just making it even more easy to access and uh, easy Mm. to play with. Because the, the mind relaxes yes. and then it just becomes this playful experience. And sometimes it can look really chaotic and be <laughs> appear to be messy. And that's just reorganizing. Yeah. It's just reorganizing. Mm-hmm. And so that's to cool. stay in that reorganization state with the the presence and awareness of of equanimity or or whatever showing up, just recognizing that whatever is present is shaping and forming the field yeah i don't know if i, I like made that. any sense <laughs> no 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 i get it and um, but the, the good the good thing is about um about the energy that i i know you bring and i'm definitely feeling as i'm here with you on the call is that it doesn't necessarily need to make quote unquote intellectualized sense hmm. because the truth of it is is heartfelt mm in a literal sense, in that um, your soul knows, right? Yes. Well, and that's- Your soul knows and it recognizes certain levels. It's like heart intelligence. Yes. Like the heart brain and the heart intelligence. Yes. And sometimes it, sometimes it will take an experience as you go into it in the future, a physical experience in the future to trigger that. But that happens with real things. Like you learn something in school, but it doesn't necessarily come into uh, click in until you've had the opportunity for an experience in life to make it valid yeah. to you in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because, um, because Ian is non-speaking and I've been playing in this non-speaking realm for 16 years with him. And what is 16 years anyway? Here I am with linear exactly. time. Uh, just, and then noticing that there's a desire to want to express it with words and I don't need to there's Mm. I'm already expressing it it's already being expressed and when the words come great but there's no it it just if they flow great and it's just part of that expression that the that's in the field and coming in the form of the sound that's coming out of my mouth so to really relax and and allow the expression to be whatever it is in whatever form that takes I'm actually going to do an intro when we put this out and I'm making a note actually now so that I don't actually forget it. I'm going to make an intro and I'm actually going to encourage people to take a moment before they listen to this, just to tune into their heart um, and just to take in the experience of this, this call, because I think that 
a different level to this. And I think we may even, I, I truly believe that there's going to be to play this. They won't understand the beginning saying, when I say come into your heart before they, before they listen to um, I mean, just to actually tune in to that uh, and just get a different level of connection to what we're sharing here today because um, there's been a couple of moments when I've gone very, very deep mm -hmm. um, and I just really felt my heart just pop as we've been talking because truth is eternal, you know. Um, truth is eternal, the soul knows it and every now and then it, it wants to just um, just relax into that and to just feel, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember that. We're going to definitely be applying that into our day-to-day -day life, Daniel, because um, we just had the opportunity to remember what we forgot. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Diane, I, I know that um, I got on a bit late and you do have to run away. Um, <laughs> I don't have to run I away. <laughs> um, I definitely... Um, You're just feeling wanna... the energy shift. <laughs> yeah, I definitely... <laughs> Probably touch base with you again, maybe even we'll see. We'll see people. I definitely feel to be um, a conversational theme. You know, it's in conversation. Um, so maybe come again and just have another just a uh, and touch base. I still want to back with the horses. I definitely want to learn um, if if you're doing any work with that. The people can. Um, it's definitely something I'd like to do mm. um, on that with you again. Mm. So let's um, let's let's make an and put put a pin in, in that. Definitely, definitely happening. Okay. Um, I'm even getting a bit uh, a bit lightheaded now. Yeah, um, I can feel the energy shifting. I needed to yeah. physically start moving. It's fascinating, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Definitely, and do you definitely. feel it? Do you hear it in the um, audio too? It. I can I can really really feel it. So I'm I'm actually going to go and walk barefoot on the grass for a little bit and just um yeah just, just ground just ground beautiful. Well, Dan, thank you so much for the invitation to thank you for be you present with you. And, yes, and I love you. Okay. Hmm. We're frying technology right now. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Duo with Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.